Welcome to Chapel Chat, a podcast engaging questions of how life meets faith, warts and all, both in our own faith community and in our community at large. I'm Dieter Heinzel, one of the pastors at Ladue Chapel Presbyterian Church in St. Louis, Missouri, and I am your host on this journey. You can find out more about us on our website at ladudechapel.org or you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, we'd love to see you join us for worship on Sunday mornings, or you can worship uh, with us online. When you were just listening to our intro music, uh, you heard uh, the ukulele that was uh, joined with piano. And uh, the person who played piano is here with us this morning who is uh, David uh, Urban, who is our Minister of Music. And uh, we are very excited to uh, talk with David today. And uh, our topic, obviously, is going to be music. One of the reasons I, uh, one of the things I was always interested in, David, is how does one or how do you, how did you become interested in playing the organ? It's not really an instrument you can take on the school bus or uh, you or in a van so how how did you how did you get interested in this so i started taking organ lessons when i was in the 8th grade organ is not an instrument that you begin on but you have to um begin with piano and have a nice piano technique so that when it comes time to add your feet or do the mechanical things that are necessary to manipulate the sound, um, then you you don't have to think as much about your fingers. And um, so, uh, so yes, it was in eighth grade when I started. So eighth grade, that's, that's pretty early. So you have been playing a long, long time. Yes, it's been a really long time. Um, In, in fact, I started substituting in churches before I was even eligible to have a driver's license. And one of my parents would take me to to whichever church it was. Um, And then by the time I was a senior in high school, I had my first uh, permanent church position. Yeah, so of course it's always difficult because you cannot practice at home. So you always have to be in a large space that actually has an organ. Yes, that's right. Uh, being any sort of musician requires the discipline and dedication to, to practice and spending time by yourself. But to be an organist, it, there's another step involved, uh, and that is finding a place to practice. And in, in my case, it, it was my home church, uh, and I needed to get there in the afternoons before the secretary left for the day, she would go home, lock me in the church, and then I would practice until one of my parents stopped by on their way home from work to pick me up. And so not only is it the, the discipline of practicing, but it's, it's the organization of figuring out when you can get into the room and practice. 
But so. but I know you you didn't just sit idly when you could not uh, actually go to the building, uh, but you you could play piano. I I know you also play the flute. Uh, you happen to play harpsichord. Of course, that's also an instrument that's a little hard to come by. I would think. So that's right. But they are all related, and we are fortunate to have a harpsichord here at Ledoux Chapel. So. Um, uh, talk to me a little bit uh, about your challenges, David, um, and for you, uh, for our choir, for the music program during the during the pandemic. Uh, it was it was a really difficult year for for everybody, uh, for one reason or another. But I think it was particularly difficult for you and and for our singers. Well, our, we had really two challenges. the The first, the immediate challenge, was to figure out how we could have music in our worship services. And the second challenge was how to keep all of the people in our choirs engaged uh, throughout the pandemic. And so we hit upon having our section leaders, which we referred to as the chamber choir, come uh, once a week for a shortened rehearsal time. Uh, we did everything, we tried to do everything in an hour. Um, in, we rehearsed in the sanctuary where we could spread out, be very distanced. The church provided the special singer's masks um, that make it not only safe, but easier for the singers to, to sing. Uh, and we made sure uh, that the HVAC system was running so that there was good ventilation and good exchange of air. Um, and that seemed to work. Everybody was, um, was comfortable with those precautions. And of course, all of the singers were vaccinated as soon as it was possible. Um, and so th that worked. And we were really glad that we could spend the time together singing and and uh, being together socially, although it, it was for a very short time. And the, the deal was that the singers came with all of their music learned so that uh, really all we had to do is sing through the piece once and then record it. And that enabled us to just spend a short time in there. For the handbell ringers, it was actually quite easy. We could rehearse in the fellowship hall, give everybody their own table and spread out. Um, ventilation is good in there. And so we, we felt comfortable all year long. And we were able to make several recordings that we used in worship and uh, for uh, a concert. And we played outside for Watcher's Eve. And and that all worked very well. And the children came on Monday afternoons in the fall. We were able to be outside uh, up until about Thanksgiving time. The weather cooperated nicely, and so um, so we could spend time together. And then um, after Christmas, we took a break and then came back in the late winter and, and were able to uh, spend some time inside singing. Um, and two things we were able to accomplish. The full chancel choir uh, was able to do uh, a, a, 
a virtual choir anthem for Christmas, and then another one for Easter, where the singers, everyone who wanted to, did their own recording of the music, and uh, that was put together in in a really fine way uh, as, a, as an anthem, and um, we were proud of that. And then the chamber singers, chamber choir, uh, put together a Christmas concert that we broadcast last December, and then uh, they also, several of them, uh, put together a, a voice recital that we uh, released on Palm Sunday afternoon. So uh, we kept everyone busy and engaged throughout the year. Yeah, thanks, David. I mean, that's really great to to hear you talk about this because uh, it's very hard to imagine all the intricacies of a music program for youth, for adults, choirs, individual singing, and the like. And uh, uh, it was really great to work with you during this time because every time you know we would throw you a curveball, you would say, "Oh, no problem. You know, we can, we can do that. We can, we can figure this out." And and you really did. Uh, I think, uh, from my perspective, too, one of one of the biggest losses, uh, besides just not having uh, the kind of music program that this congregation is accustomed to, for the singers and for you uh, as well, uh, was the absence of a community, because our choir there is such a tight knit community, and uh, to not be able to gather together and not just sing. Yes, that's true. And and one of the things we did last year during the pandemic was uh, to meet by Zoom with the chancel choir as a way to check in and uh, stay connected and have a bit of fellowship. Sometimes we had a guest speaker that helped um, focus our thoughts. But now, uh, the way it's working and we're so happy that we can do this. Um, the The entire chancel choir is invited back. We rehearse in the nave, uh, spread out um, at the appropriate distance, wearing masks. Um, and for Sunday morning, uh, you might have noticed that it's not as many people because we're limiting it to 20 singers so that, again, we can keep the appropriate distance. So um, 20 masked and vaccinated singers, and um, people are just taking turns, alternating. If we have more than 20, uh, people are being gracious about uh, sitting out and uh, and taking turns with that. And so, so far, we're off to a good start, and I hope that continues. Yeah. I also know that uh, you have, by now, I think, uh, postponed your sabbatical uh, twice already. And uh, hopefully, uh, in 2022, uh, you'll, you'll be able to uh, get some well-deserved rest and uh, go on sabbatical. And uh, I'm wondering, do you do you already have any plans with regard to that? Or yes, so the the plan now is uh, for me to be able to take a sabbatical in the spring of 2022. Uh, no firm plans yet. Uh, waiting to see uh, what courses might be available and, and how travel is looking. Uh, but a lot of 
people listening are probably aware that one of my great loves is study of organ, organ literature in France. And so I would hope that part of my sabbatical time can be um, a time of some lessons with teachers and coaches that I have in Paris. And we'll just have to see um, how things are looking in the spring. Um, I'm wondering too, so you're, you're playing all these instruments uh, already, but do, do you have another one on your wish list maybe that you would like to learn uh, in, in your spare time because you have so much of that, I know? Well, yes, I do. Uh, there's, I've always had a list of uh, other instruments that I'd like to learn. And so currently at the top of that list is the cello. And uh, I've thought that perhaps during my sabbatical part of the time could be spent in uh, exploring and learning a little bit about the cello. Wow. So you you could you could be a truly a one-person orchestra, which you already are playing the organ uh, anyway. So uh, that's that's really great. So I have one more question for you, David. Uh, you, you already mentioned all the things that you were able to do during the pandemic, but now that our restrictions are slowly but surely uh, being relaxed a little more, I'm I'm wondering uh, what's what's coming up for you now. Well, it's wonderful to be able to talk about things that are coming up after all of this time of talking about things that had to be canceled. And there are two events that I'd like to mention um, that we have in the future. Uh, first is something brand new uh, that we've never tried to do before, and it's called an Arts and Faith Weekend, which will be on Friday evening, October 22nd, and then during the day on October 23rd, Saturday, October 23rd. And uh, we have uh, revitalized our arts committee, and the, the arts committee has put together this uh, group of leaders who are coming in. Um, Ellen Phillips, who is liturgical artist from Black Mountain, North Carolina. Um, we have a yoga instructor, um, a specialist from the Missouri Botanical Garden. Um, and they're going to be leading workshops. Ellen is um, doing clay workshop. Uh, then we have some of our listeners will know of Amy Cammy, who is a healing harpist. Uh, and she's going to be here. So during the day on Saturday, we'll have workshops, and then we're kicking off on Friday evening with a, a panel discussion. But you'll be seeing information about it in the chapel bell and in postcards that, that we're sending out. So I hope that you can come to that on October 22nd and 23rd. And then uh, in Advent in December, December 12th, our choir will be singing uh, some special music at the 1030 service that morning. Uh, and we're going to uh, bring back a piece that we've done several years ago, and that is called A Ceremony of Carols by English composer Benjamin Britten. And it's a suite or sequence of carols, uh, medieval English texts, 
but set to modern music by Benjamin Britten uh, with a wonderful harp accompaniment. And so uh, we're looking forward to get starting, getting started on that music and uh, hope that you can uh, come to our worship on December the 12th. Well, thank you so much, David, for your time and for giving us a little bit more insight into who you are and what you do. Yeah, and thank you all for listening to Chapel Chat, and we will uh, meet you next time. Blessings. Blessings.